Welcome to the Outer Banks of North Carolina. I'm Chef West Step, and I'll be your host for Outer Banks Raw, a brand new podcast coming from the Outer Banks. We're going to be talking about food, fitness, lifestyle, you name it, that Outer Banks state of mind that y'all love so much. You want to plug in? Tune in here. This podcast is brought to you by NC Coast Grill and Bar in Duck, North Carolina. NC Coast Grill and Bar celebrates the flavors of the coastal south while bringing in cross-cultural and global influences to the Outer Banks. Hey, this is Chef West Step from Outer Banks Raw, right down here in Duck, North Carolina, and we've got a great show today. We're going back to some of my passions, and it's not just food, okay? Uh, another one of my main passions, if you know me down here on the Outer Banks or you know me at all, is fitness. And I've got a guest today that I think shares a lot of the same <laughs> sort of insights to fitness and lifestyle as I do. Deb? How are you doing today? Um, very well. Good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun. My name is Deborah Brackenridge. Yep. I live here in Duck. I'm a certified personal trainer and fitness nutrition specialist, Navy veteran, mom of two adult sons, one granddaughter that's five years old, and a grandchild on the way. So you live down here in Duck now? Correct. But you've been all over, I guess, if you're in the Navy, right? Exactly. You yeah. know, the Navy does what it does. It moves you from east to west and back and back again. So I grew up originally in Massachusetts. Gotcha. And from there, joined the Navy, which took me out to California, from California to Norfolk, Virginia, which is my last command. And I stayed there until my kids grew up. All right. So your kids grew up in Norfolk area pretty much? Virginia Beach, actually. Virginia Beach. Exactly. And you moved down to the Outer Banks. Thank goodness you came down to this side of the street over here. We appreciate having you down here. (laughs) What brought you and Reed down here to the Outer Banks? (laughs) Well, I met Reed. He was already living here in the Outer Banks when we started dating. We met on a dating site. And I lived in Virginia Beach. And there started the back and forth of him coming up from the Outer Banks to Virginia Beach and me from Virginia Beach to the Outer Banks. And we did that for five plus years. And and then it just became evident that it was time for one of us to move. And I was an empty nester at the time and his two sons were still in school down here. So the timing was just right. So I left my job Sold my house, and I moved here permanently for us to start our life together in 2018. How have you liked it down here on the Outer Banks since you moved out? I love it. I love it. I mean, I have been coming back and forth for many years, but it's a barrier island. Yeah. So you got water on both sides of you, and there's that tranquility of the place and that real nice sense of community. Everyone's pleasant around here. I have nothing bad to say about the Outer Banks. <laughs> nothing bad about it. I mean, it's beautiful. The drive here is even beautiful. Yeah. You know, and then when you get here, you got the beautiful sunsets on the sound, and then you got the sunrises on the ocean, and beautiful beaches to walk on, boardwalks. I mean, it's a very active place. There's nice trails. You know, there's history. Yeah. You know, there's so much you can do here. Well, I'll tell you one thing. For me... As somebody yeah. that knows you guys from the restaurants and everything else. Oh, and the food. That's yeah, right. And the food. Uh, <laughs> y'all are both just great additions to the Outer Banks. And nice. uh, I love to see you shine down here, you and Reed. And, you know, if you see Reed or Deb in the gym, if you're down here visiting or something like that, you you see them, 
you know, go up and say something to them. I say know. hi. Please say hello. They will. They will be <laughs> glad to give you whatever they've got as That's far right. as knowledge and inspiration. You guys, this is an audio podcast, so you can't see Deb, but she is in great shape. Now, I do something called Tastefully Fit. You know it's on the menu. Yes. You've had it many times, right? Yes. And tastefully it's a, Fit, Tastefully Good. Tastefully Good. <laughs> it's complex carbohydrates, you know, vegetables, lean proteins, all that kind of stuff. It tastes great, and people love it. And I do Tastefully Fit seminars as well. And last one I had, I had about 75 people there, I do yes. believe, because you were there, yes. you and Reed. Yes, it yes. was packed. It it was packed, and I loved it because Deb is in such good shape, and so is Reed, that they were in the audience and everything, and people would ask me questions that I just didn't have the answer to, so I referred to Deb, and then she also jumped in on giving people some parameters and stuff. You mentioned something to me at lunch the other day when you were with your family and there mm-hmm. to eat. You're going for a certification in... Corrective exercise. Corrective exercise. Give me yes. a definition of that, please. Corrective exercise is more on the realm of like physical therapy. Right. But, I mean, physical therapists absolutely has more in-depth training and degree. Corrective exercise is basically more of how you have maybe like twinges or have had a prior injury. Right. And you need to incorporate some movement adjustments in, in order to develop those areas and keep your body in balance. Right. So it's more about maintaining the balance of your physique. Even when you're hurt. Even when you're hurt. Right. A lot of people will kind of like just take a complete break when they're hurt, which is not necessarily the best thing to do. I mean, you you can take a break from the muscle that's affected, but you can exercise the muscles around it. There's ways to pinpoint exercise so you're not completely out of the gym. Your body doesn't like drop down to nothing. and. Then the injury process actually takes longer than if you went back in there and worked around that muscle, right? But you need somebody to help you. Absolutely. And even if you don't have an injury, just, hey, we've been on the planet, what, this many years already? I'm like 52, right? Yeah. 52 years wearing these joints. You're going to have wear and tear. And we don't realize how much we use one side of our body more than the other. Like if you're right-handed or left-handed, you have a more dominant side. Right. So one side always needs a little bit more development than, more tending to, I would say, than the other side. Right. So the focus is to work on the weaker sides first so they can balance and get just as much optimal usage as your dominant side. Right. Have you always been into fitness and wellness or when did you hit a turning point in your life or have you just always been doing it? I've always been interested in fitness, but I really focused on it as I've gotten older. Right. And I have a chronic digestive disorder that I've had all my whole life, and it's just gotten worse as I've gotten older. Right. So I needed to make some adjustments and see how I'm going to navigate on living with this disorder, but at the same time, living a quality life and still being able to enjoy things. And that is possible. Yes. One thing about you and Reed is like you guys come in, you enjoy eating out. So you're not always eating tastefully fat. Absolutely. Sometimes you're eating what I like to call tastefully fat because I watch what you eat. Yeah. And Reed too. Reed's in amazing shape as well. Sometimes I find that with talking to people who haven't been doing any kind of fitness regimen or or nutrition at all, they look at people like me and you and they go, well, we're never going to get there. And it's not that, I mean, it is hard, but it's doable, isn't it? 
It is. It's absolutely doable. It all starts with the mindset. Yes. First of all. I mean, because who looks forward to doing anything that they don't enjoy doing? If your approach is dread, you're not going to get it done. It's not going to get you there. But if you really, really want to change something and you see yourself in a different light, like what is your goal? Right. Don't compare yourself to someone else. That is their body. That is their result. Be your best you and go from there. That's that motivating factor. And then consistency. consistency I believe absolutely. consistency trumps motivation. You know what I yes. mean? In that everyone's motivated January 2nd. You know what I mean? Oh, How many yeah. people do you run by? They're motivated. Oh, yes. But by February 2nd, they're like, oh, well, next year. Right. We'll get on that. Right. It's the guy that can, or the gal that continually goes to the gym, does a little bit of something each of those days. All of a sudden, they're the ones that you see change in their life. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Yes. Not just the gym, but the food. Mm-hmm. So you are expert in nutrition as well. Mm-hmm. When we did the Tastefully Fit seminar, they asked me a lot of questions. I only know really stuff from my experience. Right. And I did a couple bodybuilding competitions, and I journaled my food through each of them. Right. Tastefully Fit came out of that. Right. And it's good food, and I love that because it's one of our big sellers over there at NC Coast. Right. A lot of people think that if you're eating healthy— it has it's, to be bland. It's going to suck. It's going to be boring. <laughs> yeah. And that you can't ever have the things that you enjoy having right. ever again. And that's not true at all. Everything in moderation. Foods don't have to taste horrible or bland or be boring. You don't only have to have vegetables and right. plain pieces of unseasoned lean meats. Once again, that's the mindset, right? Right. So, it's almost like people are punishing themselves with food if they feel like they've just gone too far with it, and then they go to the exact opposite, the draconian-type approach to, okay, I must suffer now because I've indulged for too long. Exactly. And when I did the bodybuilding competition, of course, my goal was to get ripped, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't think I could because I was in my 40s when I was doing it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm past that age and all right. that other stuff. Right. But the collateral was I did get ripped. After three months, where I never thought I could be. Right. But the other things that happened was my energy level went through the roof. You're energized. Isn't that amazing? My mind was sharper. Mm -hmm. People go, how do you work out all the time? First of all, I don't work out all the time. How much do you work out during the course of a week? I train six days a week. Right. And I have one active rest day. (laughs) Right. And how long are you in the gym on those sessions? Like an hour to an hour and a half. But that's me doing my training and then I'm incorporating car- cardio. Right. So which that's doesn't have to be cardio. done in the in the gym. You don't have to do it that way. So how long do you think you do on weights? I mean, let's say that you're on a schedule. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now I know that you got different workouts in your mind. If yes. I gotta pick somebody up at twelve, then it's only gonna I gotta do thirty minutes and be in and out of this joint. Can you do it? Quality Weight training workout in 30 minutes. Yes, you absolutely can. (laughs) You absolutely can. That's what I tell people all the time. And they're like, no way. you got to be in the gym for like six hours. Well, she must live in the gym. They know I have two restaurants and a catering business and do everything else under the sun. And I was like, I don't have any time for the gym. But I do do. like 30, 35 minutes. you got to make that time for yourself, right? You absolutely do. Once again... If you want to do something, you make time to do it, yes, right? right? So it's that mindset again. You want to enjoy doing it. You enjoy doing it, so you make time to do it, right? I do. So it's not a job. It's not a chore. It's not a pain to kind of like fit this in. So finding that enjoyment 
is kind of like the struggle for some people. It's not what they're used to doing on a daily basis. And just getting over that initial hump, I think, tends to be like really hard. But I think once people take that leap and do the 30 minutes, you know, you get through it. They feel that energy kicked. I mean, you are energized after you work out. You do. Oh, yeah. You feel better. You're breathing a little bit deeper. And it's like, oh, this actually feels pretty good. Right. And then you start seeing the physical aspects of it. You feel well. You start seeing the physical aspects. And then it just flows that way. Right. And then know? it becomes a routine. And then you wouldn't give Absolutely. it up for anything. You're Absolutely. like, okay, I got a, six things going on. I got to plug in the gym somewhere. Right. Because I know that I can only really maximize those other six things, Mm -hmm. if I can find that little bit of time for me to squeak in, I'm going to be better at those other six things. It's like, don't give that up and just do those other six things. You know what I mean? I'm better at those other six things if I give myself that 30 minutes. Exactly. But I know that, and you know that, but we've been doing it for a while. The main thing is, one, you do have to have a goal. Right. Because... Usually people, it's either weight loss or it's build muscle. I want to be ripped or I want to be sculpted or I want to be toned. But that also means... Or I just want to be healthy. Or I just want to be healthy. It's not about just going into the gym and lifting free weights and using all the machines. It's about the form and the movement. Yes. Because what people don't understand is that you can lift that dumbbell a hundred times. But if you're not really knowing how... You're using that dumbbell right? and what muscles that you're targeting, you're not really getting the full benefit of activating or working that area right. to its potential, right? And you want to see results, right? Yes. So there's more education that needs to be into learning the movements and the form and then incorporating the equipment, Remember, body weight is weight. You don't necessarily have to go and lift a dumbbell or kettlebell in order to work out, move those limbs. You can contract that muscle just by bending your arm. This week, I had a conversation with a gentleman. He's probably about 61 or 62 Mm -hmm. years old, put on a lot of excessive weight. He's retired now, and he was going to the gym, going to the YMCA, Mm -hmm. and he started doing that again. Mm -hmm. So I told him, I said, I asked him, I said, What's your workout look like? And basically, it's a chest workout. Every day is in there. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, you're familiar with that, though. It makes sense. These people who don't know exactly what they're doing, they're going to gravitate to what they know exactly what they're doing. And then they might do a couple other exercises. Right. It's important to train your whole body equally. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, because your whole body is a universal system. So. Whether or not it's upper body day or lower body day, remember, it needs to work universally. And then there's rest and recovery. Right. So they need breaks also. So you don't want to overtrain or work one area every day. It needs to recover and build. Okay. You need a plan. You need a plan. Yeah. You You absolutely need a plan. For me, and I'm sure for you who've been doing it for a while, when Mm -hmm. I walk into the gym, I can pretty much gauge on how much time I have, but it's almost like a punch list. You know, as a chef, we have a list when we come into work. It's like, I got to chop the green onions. We got to prep this station. We got to make this. We got to make that. And you got to get all that done before you can get creative and make a special or a feature or anything else, you Mm -hmm. know? So when I go to the gym... It's like I got a punch list, but I know exactly what body parts I'm working. Correct. So when I do 30 or 35 minutes, what I do is a five-day split. Mm -hmm. 
chest one day, back one day. Every day is the same day. Always Monday's chest day for me. Tuesday's back day. Wednesday's legs. Thursday's shoulders. Friday's arms. Right. And then if I'm cutting down like you're talking about, I go six days a week. So right. six day, I kind of do what I like. But I'm always plugging in 20 minutes of cardio. That's all I ever usually do. How much cardio do you usually do? Cardio, right now, I only do 60 minutes a week. A week. A week. Right. So, I mean, literally, that's like, what, 15 minutes? Remember, walking is cardio as well. It's all I so, do is so, like, I walk. I'm old school, you know? Right. So it's the low impact. Low impact. Low intensity, you know, maybe to moderate. You know, it's okay. I don't have to do anything too intensive, just as long as I get the heart going. That's it. I usually keep it right around 120 to 130 is mm -hmm. what I'm shooting for, which is kind of like that fat burning stage. Right. And a lot of people, when they first get into this stuff, mm -hmm. they'll like run till they're blue in the face. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And just tear it up. They'll focus all on one end because they're comfortable with it. They understand right. you get on the treadmill and you run, 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 run. Yeah, you don't have to do that. Now, people should do the type of cardio that they enjoy doing. Exactly. Yeah. If you like to run, then jog. Right. You know, do that run. If you like the Bike. elliptical, do the elliptical. If you like the step mill, step it on up. That's a hard one. <laughs> Anybody who I, likes the step know. mill out there, you're a little psycho. Okay, that's all there is to it. I kind of like the uh, step mill, but that that it pushes that the, wasn't uh, initial. What is it? The striations and everything on oh, your yeah. on your glutes and stuff better than any other oh, exercise yeah, is that step mill. Absolutely, yeah. It's, that's a different animal there. But there's all different forms of cardio, is what I'm saying, in that you don't have to force yourself onto one that you don't really want to do or even go that intensive. When you're weighing yourself for competition or weighing to see how you're doing losing weights, what's your practice? What's your policy on how would you tell someone to say, you know, weigh themselves? I look themselves? at it as it's just a piece of information. It's not the total picture. The weight on the scale, our weight fluctuates pounds throughout the day yes day by day you know you could be up three pounds one day and and the next day down five pounds but during the day remember you're eating you're water you're, you're going to the bathroom i mean right. right you're you're drinking water i mean you're doing all these things and you got some inflammation going on because you're moving around your blood's pumping so you really can't go off of like, I stepped on the scale this morning and I'm like, gosh, I, you know, I weighed this amount. It's just one piece of information. I would say you can take pictures, like you pointed out your clothes, right? Your clothes will fit differently. Yes. You may not, clothes you may are, not, they really make, give you a charge. I think they're the first sign actually yeah. that you don't even notice. Like you won't see it visually sometimes if you take pictures, right? you might notice a slight change here and there in your physique. That's also another piece of information that you can keep track of, the scale, your clothes. If it's too stressful for you, I would say just go by the clothes factor, right? you know, and how things are fitting on you. Start off there. But I like a lot of data. Yeah. <laughs> I weigh myself. I measure myself. How many times a week do you weigh yourself? I weigh myself every day. Gotcha. But what my coach does, we go by the median weight. Right. So... The measurements are taken every day, every morning. I only do it once a day. Right. And it's the optimal time to do it is when you first wake up and after you go to the bathroom. Right, of course. And weigh yourself and be done with that and go about your day. 
And at the end of the week, we just take what the median weight is. Got it. In between there. And that gives you a clearer picture of what your average weight is. And then I have my measurements that I take for my waist and my hips and plug that in. And we can see whether or not I'm gaining muscle. Right. And I take pictures. Uh, front view, back view, side view, and I put all this data into a spreadsheet and I send it to my coach, and she reviews it, and that's how. And we, that's how you can adjust too, right? That's you how can we say, adjust. And my, then you probably journal your food during this period of time too, so I, you can say exactly what you're eating. It's like okay, we got to take that back a notch now. Exactly, like I have my macros, right? Certain amount of grams of carbohydrates. carbohydrates my proteins and fat. fat, but I also have intuitive eating days. There are three days a week that I don't track at all. And how many so, times when you're in your strip down mode, okay, mm-hmm. so you're trying to cut fat, how many times a day generally roughly do you eat? What's your time frame? Every three hours or what? I have a standard like four meals that I have a day. I don't really do like snacks because I think when people think of meals, they think of like a big plate of something. Right. But they could also be like smaller meals right. in between the day. But I just prioritize protein. I make sure I have protein. I have lean um, protein. Lean protein, exactly. And I have my carbs. For example, have my chicken, fresh fish, right? Fresh fish, lean beef. Yes. I don't do steak too much because, like I said, I have a digestive disorder, so I don't right. digest that very well. Steak's got a higher content of fat, too, across the board, generally speaking, even they if it's do. a leaner I mean, cuts in, of fat. It's more expensive you know, for the leaner, leaner cuts. Right. But you don't go out and have like a 10-ounce you know, ste- steak right. at the same time. Exactly. So shrimp is a very good source of protein. If you're not a meat eater, you can do your plant proteins. Pescatarian, you know, I mean, right. eggs, you know. I, well, pescatarians, I have, and for me down here, having the fresh availability of the fresh fish, like I can just go to Carowan Seafood or see what's coming in on the trucks, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like, and I generally focus on whitefish when I'm trying to like yes. really lean out. Yes, Because like fish. salmon's yep. got a lot of great healthy fats, fats but if right. my goal is, is to cut fat, right? it's like I can't eat but so much salmon during exactly. the course of the week. You right. know what I mean? Right. So talk to me about your meal prep. Meal prep. I like to reserve one day a week for mm-hmm. that. That's um, what I do. Preferably like a Sunday. Me too. And it's not as difficult as a lot of people think. No. Nope. Like, you know, it's like, how do you prepare like a ton of food that's going to last like a week? A lot of it's baked, you know? Right. I mean, turkey breasts, I bake for two and a half hours. You put three or four of them in there. Right. I brown up like three pounds of lean beef or or, right. tur- or lean turkey, and I can make that into turkey meatloaf muffins, is right. what I call them. Chili. Or, or do a whole meatloaf. Right. You know? And we use that differently. You put that in wraps. We can put that in salad. We can put that, you know, with rice and or sweet potato and have it as one entree. You just use one item multiple different ways. Yes. 
I do the same thing, yeah. and I, I usually do it on Sundays, even like chicken breast. Now, chicken breast can notoriously be dry as heck if you try to do the reeating of chicken breast. Right. So what I generally do is I will do Sunday, and I will grill a lot of different things. For mm-hmm. example, I like to use the grill not as a sole cooking agent, but more as a seasoning type thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'll take my zucchini and squash and veggies and stuff like that and just grill marks on one side. And then you take it off, you let it cool off at room temperature. Mm-hmm. Then I have like grilled zucchini to throw in with my chicken breast later on in the week to do a quick stir fry. And then chicken breast, what I'll do is, of course, the ones I'm going to eat that day, if I'm going to eat them, I'll cook them all the way through. But the other ones, I leave like medium, a little pink in the center. You know what I mean? Right. And then slice them down. And then when I heat them up in the saute pan, they're not dry as heck. They're not dry. And they're fully cooked. And it's a quick meal to take on the road. Right. You and I both know that if you don't work your plan, you're going to probably fail. And food is one of the big parts of that plan. Right. If we don't have it around us, the next thing you know, we haven't eaten enough or we're starved to death. Next thing you know, we're eating what we shouldn't be eating. We just look at ourselves and say, we just can't do this, see? Right. And then it starts that whole fatalistic mindset all over again. So some people look at prepping food or something like that as an extreme thing. It just makes sense, right? It does make sense. Yeah. Makes sense, and it saves a lot of money, too. It saves a lot of money. (laughs) It does. you think about it, because trying to piece together meals like every day and you're just grabbing stuff, you know, it's like, uh, well, I guess this is going to be dinner, you know? Right. And then you throw that out, and it's like, not really what you wanted, but you had to get something done. So, and it's worse if you're hungry. Right. Because then you tend to do that compulsive shopping. Yes. You know, it's like, not that doesn't just go with clothes, it goes with food also. Right. You know, you tend to like, well, I'm hungry, so... That sounds really good right about now, and there it goes, right into your basket, and next thing you know, you're either pulling it open, chomping on it, you know? So how would you describe clean eating? What would your definition of clean eating be? Whole source foods. Right. You want to stay away from processed packaged foods. Right. You know, And read your labels. Read your labels, exactly. Your meals are not meant to always come from a box. Right. Or out of a can or add poof out of a bag. Right. Okay? Go for the whole lean sources, fresh fruits and veggies, lean cuts of meats. Lean cuts of meat. Correct. I know it's a little bit more expensive, but in the long run, it's going to pay off because of the health benefit. Right. Right? And, you know, so, some of your leanest cuts of meat are actually some of your more inexpensive meats, to be honest. Be, yeah. You know, your yes. sirloin is not nearly as much as your filet mignon or your ribeye even per right. pound. And a sirloin's a good, lean source of protein. Right. You know, it doesn't have a lot of the excess fats in it. Are you training anybody right now prior to you getting your certificate? Because you would be, a, you're such an asset. I am not training anyone right now. Well, I would say I'm training my family members right now. Right. <laughs> They're getting the full benefit of having access to me right away. But as far as outside of that, I am not training anyone right now. But your plan is to help start yes. training people, correct? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So 2023. 2023. Yes. Speaking of that, I know you'd be a great trainer, okay? But picking a right trainer, sometimes it's not as easy as just whoever's in the gym, right? Yeah, that's correct. And yes. so you were telling me that even when you started doing mm-hmm. this or going down this this path, you Googled it. Yes. Everyone knows what Google is, right? That's right. <laughs> that's right. When I was looking for a coach, don't be afraid to look at Instagram. Who are you following? Who are the fitness influencers? Don't be afraid to... 
reach out and ask the questions. You know, do your research. You got to do due diligence. Right. I mean, it's going to take some digging and stuff, but this is about you and your health. Right. You know, so just how you would search for a doctor, you want someone that's competent, you want a trainer that's going to be competent as well. Exactly. Okay. Trainers are so important. They are. They really are. They are. A friend of mine told me once, he said, Wes, you can't rise above yourself by yourself. If we knew how to be in great shape from the get-go, we would already be there. We would not need someone to show us how to do it. We, mm-hmm. you, if you're out there listening and you're... 50s or 60s and you're you're saying oh my gosh i've missed that window or my knees are just too bad or i've reached a point where i can't work my shoulders anymore or whatever right. it is no those are all contempts prior to investigation but you really need somebody that is gonna check your form and that's why it's really important for someone like you getting into this field right you know? it's right like, it's never too late it's never too late it's never too late so don't have the mindset of, I'm of a certain age and I shouldn't be doing this. No, that's fine. You can, but just learn how to do it safely. You want to be safe, but you can achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve at any age. It wasn't my first goal to step on stage in a little bikini. It took years leading up to that. And it's not everyone's goal. It's just that I wanted to challenge myself. I wanted to get out of my comfort zones. Right. And each time I achieved something, I just wanted to reach something else. Right. And that was the next step for me. And it was scary. I'm not going to say it was easy. It was tough. It was challenging. It was everything that I thought it was going to be, which was difficult. But I also enjoyed it. And it built up my self-esteem. Yes. Because it's terrifying getting out there on stage. But you know what? The community of the bodybuilding network and the athletes that I was able to meet, the other women that I connected with that I was competing against, it was such a a unit because we all worked hard. We all had a struggle. We all went through the same journey, different styles, different things that practices that happened along the way. But we all know the dedication and commitment that we all had to have in order to get there. So think about that. It's about your own self-improvement and your achievements. Right. You know, and you can do that at any age. You know, don't ever think you're ever too old to do it. Never. And not only do you look better, you feel better. You feel better. And the bigger thing about even feeling better, you are better. Mm-hmm. That's the truth of the matter. You mm-hmm. are better. And, you know, bodybuilding is kind of a bad word to a lot of people. They'll be looking at it going, oh, my God. They think of Arnold Schwarzenegger or these dudes that you right. see on stage right. that are— There's different categories. Yeah, so. there's different categories. There's a lot of them, actually. But if so. you go to the gym and you're a grandma and you're doing it for the first time, you're actually—and just go in there and lifting a little weights and doing a little elliptical, mm-hmm. you are practicing bodybuilder techniques. Absolutely. And I like to call it body sculpting. Sculpting. But, I do, too. Yes, because— I do, too. When we're training for a contest in our regimented stage, we're not trying to build a lot of stuff. We're trying to basically cut away. Form. Form and sculpture, you know, what we got. I mean, I always, I said this to you the other day, the heaviest thing in the gym is the front door. Yeah, that's really true. Yeah, I like that saying. It's like the heaviest thing in the gym is getting, gyms intimidate people too. It's like, because, you know, they'll be going, oh my God, I got to go in there and everybody's ripped and they're going to know that I'm not and all that other stuff. Push all that out of your mind because you're right. doing this for you. Right. You, know? you got to remember, 
going into the gym, everyone there had to start somewhere. They all started somewhere. They didn't come in there lifting, you know, 100 pounds right off the bat. They didn't know how to use all the machines in there. Trust me, because there's some machines out there that I see online. I'm like, I've never seen that before in my life, but I would love to be around it so I could just try to get on it and, and use it. You have to be okay with being the novice, the beginner, right. and learning because learning is part of the journey. It's an important part of the journey because it's for the long haul. You don't right. want to just go in there and do things and then not really understand like why you're doing it or what it's doing for you. I'm really big on educating people in health and fitness because I want it for their lifetime, not right. just for a short window of time. You might have a, a short goal, like I want to do this for the New Year's party that's coming up right. or a wedding that's going to be next spring. Yes. But you don't want it to end right there. You want the tools acquired so that you can keep continuing this for a lifetime, you know? Exactly. That's why I don't call it diets. I call it my nutrition. My training and my health uh, style is my lifestyle. Right. I feel like I'm getting better as I get older. I look at pictures, you know, of myself from when I was in my 20s, and I look better now in my 50s than I did then. And I thought I, I, and I, thought I was healthy. Yeah. And I thought I was healthier. You know, right. I was younger, definitely younger, but... I thought I'm more fit now than it was then. How is that possible? It's a full-time job. It's education, it's going research, and some adjustments. You got to be willing to make some adjustments. And it doesn't have to be extreme. These are small lifestyle adjustments that you right. can make along the way to your comfort level. But if you're under any kind of doctor's care or something like that, let them know what right. you're planning to do. Say, hey, this is what I'd like to do. I want to achieve this, and I want to know, am I clear to do this? Will this be safe for me to do? Always, first and foremost, get you know, the advice of, of your physician if you're under their care right. first. Because, like I said, health is priority. Right. You know, safety is priority, no matter what, over that goal. So you want to do that. But just have these things in place. It is going to take some planning. Yes. But it doesn't have to be that monotonous. And if you haven't done it before, don't be scared of it. Lean into that dark room and there you will find the light, but mm -hmm. find a trainer, find somebody that can help you. Listen to podcasts like me and yours to get you going and then keep going out there and researching. That's what you keep saying, right? Right. Yes, definitely. Keep researching, keep looking to educate yourself on nutrition, fitness uh, programs, different movements even, training styles. Whatever your your interest is, you can find education on it. You just have to start somewhere. Yeah. You know? And also remember, like you said, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. We can talk about it till we're blue in the face, but there is no secret handshake no. to better living and lifestyle. But you know what? A guy told me once, he said, Wes, if you're doing what you love, you never work another day in your life. And it might start out as a workout, but you mm -hmm. end up loving it. You know what I mean? You yes. will really end up loving the results and the feeling and that, mm -hmm. okay, I got to be in the gym and I'm going to do that. Boom, 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 boom. Mm -hmm. And you end up loving your lifestyle. At least I do. And it's I evident do. that you do as yes. well. Thank you for coming in and thanks for spending some time talking about one of my favorite subjects. I could talk about this stuff all day long. I know. I can too. I love, so. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's one of those gifts that we've received through our lives that you loved giving away. And yeah. that's the essence of a true gift. 
Yeah. So thank you for coming in today. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. All right, dear. All right. Hey, there's your next episode of Outer Banks Raw right down here in Duck, North Carolina. Thanks so much, Deb, for all the information. You know what? Fitness, a healthy lifestyle is like, if you know me down here on the Outer Banks, you know that's one of my main passions and I could talk about it forever. So anyway, if you love the Outer Banks, you're going to love Outer Banks Raw. Hit like or follow. And anyway, we'll catch you next time. Outer Banks Raw, Chef West Step. Talk to you then.